Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to Under the Noise. I'm your host, Kate Roberts, and I'm here with my co-host and friend, Wynne Morgan. Hi. And today we're here with our friend, Steph. Hi, Steph. Hey, Kate. Hi, Wynne. Good to see you. So, um, Steph, one of the things that I love about when we've had guests come on the show is that we tend to stay away from this very traditional um, introduction of what people do in the world. And we kind of just show up not really knowing oftentimes what we're going to talk about or where the conversation is going to go or what people want to share about themselves. Um, And I love that about our show. So I guess I'm gonna put it to you. What would you love, love for people to know about you and what you're up to? Wow, what a great question to ask me and a great setup for this conversation. I love the idea. And that's what I was looking forward to most about being with the two of you, because I know you being in that space of what's going to happen. I don't know. So what would I most love people to know? So, all right, two things are coming to mind. One is that all my life I have been plagued with, I'm going to use the word plagued, it's somewhat dramatic, questioning that seems like I'm questioning everything. And I know that can't be true, but it seems like that. I'm certainly questioning the things that I say almost as I say them much of the time. Is that true? Do I always do that? Is there an exception here? And I used to really think of it as as a problem because it was annoying. Uh, My ex-husband and my stepsons used to call me the contradictor because they would say something and I would go, yes, but also this is true too. And it was like, they took it as a contradiction. But now I see it as a willingness. It sets me up in a way that I think many other people don't experience to really question the my thought, to really question what seems to be true to me and ask, is it really? Is it always? And so a lot of times it it leads me to this place where I realize how very little I know and certainly how little I know for sure. God bless you. (laughs) And, And it's, and I love that actually. Now I love that, that it It brings me the opportunity to come back to that place of what could I see that's new here about something I've assumed is true or even something that's coming out of my mouth? Is it really? Do I really see it that way now? 
So that's one thing that comes to mind about me. So it's something that I just do. Um, some people will probably enjoy it and others won't. <laughs> and another thing is that I have this love for stories for multiple reasons. One of them is that it's a metaphor for thought to me. And we're always telling ourselves stories. None of them are true. Some of them are beautiful. Some of them are really painful. Sometimes they look really real, but we get to play with them. And so I love playing with stories as a way to point to that without even having to say anything about it. That really intrigues me. Like, can I tell a story that touches someone and points them to something about the nature of themselves, what they really are, without even saying that I'm doing it overtly? It's super cool. And it is shocking to me that it took me so long to realize that I was a storyteller in that way. But I've been doing it since I was a kid, drawn to it since I was a kid. And it's only the last two years maybe that I owned it. You know, I owned writer before that. Years ago, I owned writer. But now I'm like, oh, I'm, and I'm a storyteller. Not like a flashy one or the kind that you want to have at all your parties necessarily because I, that kind of storytelling doesn't seem to happen through me very much, maybe in little doses. But that... Yeah, I love, I love creating that and seeing life as a story. I love that. And thank you for asking me that question, Kate, because to hear that from you in that way, I just said something I don't think I've probably, I know I've never said it exactly like that. I may never have ever said that like that before. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it opens up this like space that's that's really new to see what shows up in the moment, and and it's fun to play with people like you who are really comfortable in that space and all that. There is something that I have experienced with you, Kate, on numerous occasions since we've been hanging out. I find myself saying things. I'm on the edge of, I, I'm on the edge of what I'm exploring. I'm on the edge of what I'm seeing in a way that I don't think I do with anyone else. Mm -hmm. Like I'll say, what am I talking about? About mm -hmm. cosmic stuff and the meaning of life type shit. Like that, oh my gosh, like how did that even come out of my mouth? But for some reason, as I'm saying it, I'm like, I can't believe I'm saying this thing to you, Kate. I don't even know what's going to come out the next three words from now. <laughs> Do you experience that win? All the time. <laughs> I didn't know that's how we are. I didn't know that that was always happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, think, do we ever really know what we're going to say or do or feel even in the next microsecond? Oh, man. 
I had that touched on that conversation yesterday with someone and I found myself saying, what if you don't know how you're going to feel? She was talking about, oh, my busy season's going to come and I have to rest now because I'm going to be really busy and I'm going to be tired and I won't be able to rest. And I said, what if you don't know how you're going to show up? And she heard it. And I said, what does that feel like? She said, or the words she used, it's like this giant weight lifted and I can breathe. Now, I, I know people that when they start to appreciate that that's what's happening and there is, there is the constant not knowing, they freak out. Mm. Did you go through that when you knew it, when you saw it? Not, I wouldn't say, I, I can remember moments of freak out, mainly around, not that I didn't know what was going to happen, because I liked that part, actually. Um, I think I took to that pretty quickly. I saw the fun in that. <gasps> Whoa, what's going to happen? I even said that with you guys, you know, like, what are we going to do? I don't know. How cool is that? I get to see. Where I did have freaked out a couple times was... I don't know who I am. And if I really look at it, there was this fear of, I'm going to see that there's nothing there. And then, you know, of course I start spinning out into what that means. If I see there's nothing there, then I can't relate to anybody. And I, it, it went someplace like I end up dying cold and alone, basically. <laughs> it was not fun fantasy. That was not a fun story. And recently, actually, when I was a couple months ago, when I was working with my coach and I brought this up because it was coming up again, like, I feel that I'm on the edge of letting go of myself, being attached to my identity as such. And I'm scared, like, but I think I need to, and I see that everything is a story and that freaks me out. And, and he said, it's okay to tell stories. You don't have to let them go just because you know they're not real. And something about that really settled me. And I thought, oh, so the story of me isn't real, but I can still tell it. I don't have to believe it as like I'm locked into it. So that really, really helped me. That's so cool. Look at how fun you guys are. <laughs> why we wanted to do this so many times is for, for this to constantly happen where we'd be wallowing in a, in a wonderment about something and then just drop into a place of ah and and that's what I experienced and just considering without even trying to consider what you just said, I dropped into that place. I think about that, the, the beauty and the fun and the play of seeing our thoughts as this, and the stories that we tell about ourselves as something that we can 
pick up or put down, believe and not believe, there's no right or wrong of it. It feels so much lighter than thinking that I have to get it right or have to tell the truth. I don't know what the truth is. I can tell you how it looks to me, which seems closer to the truth than lying. And you don't even have to put down that story. That doesn't feel good. Mm-mm. That's so, to me, one of the greatest things that I'm starting to see, starting to see. Because I spent a lot of time um, reframing, you know, or feeling like it needed to have a positive spin on it or that there was something wrong with that, the negative one. And, you know, it is people like you and people like when that um, just spending time in this conversation together, I don't need to do anything with it. You know, and it's, it's like what you messaged me when last night was that it's um, it's not on us. And knowing when it's not on you to do it, that feels great. And there's a truth to that. What do you, both of you, think about this idea of not deciding, no decisions, So I really like it. I've been, you know, I, for years I was in love with choice and I thought that's about as good as it gets because, and it's pretty good because it was empowered. It was better than being a victim. I was like, I can choose my life. I can make things happen. And I think it was about three years ago it just occurred to me the question, what is choicelessness? Mm. And I loved the feeling of that choicelessness. And so it keeps coming back and I've been living in it because it seems to me like there is a way to, to be with life where I don't have to make decisions and I don't even have to choose. And it's just what's happening me. And I don't think I live from that. (laughs) I don't have that experience all the time, but sometimes I do. And it's like, I'm resting on this. I'm resting on something. Maybe it's like the ocean and it just buoys me up. And then the waves come down. What is that called? The, the eddy, you know, it's like up and down. And, and, I, and it's not passive, which is what I think a lot of people jump to, or I might've jumped to years ago if I thought cho- choicelessness, you're taking away my agency. It isn't, it's like emerging with what's happening in a way that feels like I'm not doing anything, even when I'm doing things. What do you see or 
have you seen that? More and more. And it, what's been incredibly freeing for me is to notice that I, I remembered spending so much time worrying about deciding, you know, what to do and how to get things right. And, and in, in the realization that decisions are just made, they're just made. It's not always or, or hardly ever the result of a huge amount of my analytical thinking about my life that I make my decisions, let's face it. And yet I will still, even with knowing that there's a flow that I don't have to therefore attend to that and it'll just occur what will occur and therefore kind of carries me in an amazing direction. I will still spend ages thinking about what shirt to wear. from the sublime to the ridiculous. And I kid you not, okay, I will look at my rack of shirts. I will make huge decisions in my life that feel like effortless, but that- You have, one, you have too many clothes, Wynn. Well, I could just tell you how to fix that right now. Let, let's just say, I could, I, I'd find it difficult if I only had three shirts. <laughs> I could still find that difficult, believe me. But it's really interesting to notice you know what you said it just now about sometimes we don't live from that place of knowing there's a flow that we don't have to be in control of. And then sometimes we forget and we buy into what we've innocently created, a fictional story that because it was created in our own minds, it looks completely true as long as it looks completely true. And when it looks completely true, true it looks like decisions matter <laughs> it's funny as you're saying that when it's just i'm so delighted by the idea of when standing in front of his closet trying to figure out what shirt to wear it's like it is like a scene in a movie of this just delightfully quirky character who would who that would happen to who that would happen through you know and I'm saying that like that because this is some, the first time I've really looked at it this way I'm like how fun that this win character exists that I get to know him and maybe he's not having fun in that moment but I bet that on some level like he is the universe is having fun through him which means he is having fun even if he doesn't know it <laughs> Yeah, it's like the universe saying, okay, smarty, <laughs> here we go. I'm going to throw this, this curveball at you. I'm going to be confused about a shirt. You think you're enlightened about this other stuff, about how things work in business and in, in the life? Well, you know nothing, my friend. Let me make this up for you. <laughs> you want to know something embarrassing. I'll tell you this. It's embarrassing. Not really now, because if it was really that shameful i wouldn't tell you but ha oh, maybe i would actually see did you see i just did that like would i yes i probably would it's good to know that you're contradicting yourself too not just <laughs> it's in my freaking head i was jealous of my cat 
don't know if I ever told you this, Kate. I was jealous of Alani. And I talked to you about it when, didn't I? Did. It's, it's coming back. And I was like, oh, this is so lame. How could I be jealous of my cat? And it was the attention that she was getting from my partner and also that she seemed to like him more than me. And I had all this competition going on with my cat. <laughs> she didn't care. She's just doing her cat thing, being her perfect cat self. And I thought, this is, I'm just, I know better than this, right? I can talk about the nothing, the all, everything, nothingness and, and dwell in that space, but I'm jealous of my cat. <laughs> it's hysterical. At some point I did see something. This was a few months back that I don't remember what it was now because it's obvious. And I, I never feel jealous of my cat anymore. I feel thrilled to look at her enjoying her life however she wants and I look at my partner and how much he loves her and why would I want anything different I've got to ask Kate now come on we've shared it's me and my shirts <laughs> step the cat come on you must have got something <laughs> We opened a can of worms <laughs> or Pandora's box. Kate Roberts' box. We're going to find out now. Or Kate's <laughs> underwear drawer. <laughs> I'm glad you said um, it. That's all I'm going to say. You know, um, I will say that your question about decisions I've seen a little bit of, of the truth in that. And, and what I've seen is, is usually that it's the come from for me. Like when's right, we're making decisions all the time. There's always decisions being made every minute. I mean, he makes them effortlessly about his pants, obviously his pants aren't an issue. I don't know. I can't see. <laughs> as long as I'm wearing them, I'm okay. But if it feels like a decision, then that isn't me allowing life to flow through to the extent that it can about any, every little thing. So if it feels like a decision or a decision needs to be made, I'm up in the noise, 100% I'm in the noise. And most of the time in the things that have really made an impact in my life where I have made a decision one way or the other to go in a direction or have a conversation reach out to someone it never felt like i was making a decision it was always the come from and those have been the most special like even just the moments when 
I reached out to both of you. It wasn't a decision made. It just was what I was doing. And it has impacted my life in ways that I still, I'm still seeing. I mean that. You know, as I'm, I'm listening to, to both of you talk and noticing what I notice about me and decisions and, and everything, it's, it feels like we are, there's something about our want to control. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like as well in listening to all three of us that we've woken up to maybe knowing something different to that. Because a lot of people, and me in certain aspects of my life still, where I'm, I'm blind to it, innocently blind to it, control looks like a really good idea to me and to lots of other people. Mm-hmm. So what have either of you seen about control? Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm seeing right now as you ask that question, and I'm so glad that you did. I was craving a question from you guys. I was like, (laughs) ask me something so I can look. Like, I need that to look. (laughs) To ask you, and then that would have been easy. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I was going to, actually, if you hadn't. I was going to. I'm like, I could do that. I can. Wow, it feels like control is an unwillingness to be with what is, a non-acceptance of life as it is in this moment. Like when I am trying to control, it feels like this isn't good enough for me. This isn't okay. I need to make it something else, whether it's a conversation that isn't going the way I wanted it to or a recipe that I'm making that isn't turning out how I wanted. And I've, I've been experimenting with more of loving whatever shows up, even when I don't love it, like loving that I don't love it. And so I can feel the difference between when I'm not okay with this Right, like even in my voice when I'm playing it, I'm not okay, this isn't okay. It's like tight, it's constricted, it's angry or anxious or something. Have to make it different. This isn't okay, it's very tight. And when I think, what if I love this? What if I love the fact that I'm hating this? It's like space comes in. Maybe I'm even laughing or smiling at myself, like how silly that is. As I'm listening to you share that, I would imagine that some people would think it would be impossible to love what we don't like. And yet we go to theme parks to get get the thrill. We watch movies and TV shows that, that, raise our blood pressure and get our adrenaline running. I like scary stuff because it I love the feeling of it. So it's possible to love 
an emotion that in other circumstances we don't. So if you think Steph was talking nonsense then, well, you might want to look at your own life because there's lots of things that we might not notice, but it's really possible to love feelings that on some occasions look like it makes no sense to like them. Wynne, you're such a brilliant teacher. I don't even know if you realize when you're doing it. It's, I so appreciate this about you. You're framing something to let it be more provoke an insight on a larger level instead of just be this, this quirky woman who just said this weird thing. <laughs> you know, we can feel it now loving the things that we say we hate. If you can even tap into sometimes the extreme ones are easier. Like sometimes it, it feels good to hate something, to complain about it. Like notice there's a, there's an aliveness in it yeah. that feels good, even when it feels bad. And I'm not just talking about a masochistic thing. That's, that's, that's another way we can see it and go, oh yeah, it's kind of, it's true there sometimes for people, right? But, oh, when I notice that there's, a, there's something that feels good about the aliveness of anything, it lightens it, I'm less attached to it, and it's easier for me to choose a different story if I really want to. And I'm certainly gonna enjoy the one that I'm telling more because I know that it's not true. I know we're um, my coming to the end, but I can tell you since you asked the question about control, um, having spent most of my life trying to control, that I realized that my entire life there was a part of me that was calling, always calling. And letting me know that as much as it feels like I want that, I don't. You know, just like that really small voice. This, yeah, you don't need that. You don't want it. It's okay. That's what I've seen so far. That, yeah, that might sound like a small thing, but no, that's kind of big. Yeah. You guys, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you, Steph. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.